What's happening, everybody? What's good? This is another episode of Two Tones. Um, yes, sir. This is your host, Tony Timberlake 3. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also follow this show on Twitter at Two Two Tones. That's the number two, T-W-O-T-O-N-E-S. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Two Tones Podcast. Though we never post on Instagram. Tony's in charge of that, y'all. Again, yeah. So go ahead. I'll be, I'll be slapping. <laughs> Um, but my co-host is here. You already heard him. Introduce yourself to those who may not, good. Have, I'm Tony may not Lee. know you. I'm Tony Lee, for those of you who don't know. Um, those of you who do know. Um, I'm Tony Lee. Um, add an underscore to that, and you can find me on Twitter. Um, shout out to new listeners. It's probably one or two of y'all. And if it's old listeners, all five of y'all, what's good? Um, hey. And we're here, man. Make um, some noise for our consistent five listeners. It's like, nah. Definitely. <laughs> we, we, definitely. But, um, yeah, if you... If you're here, that means you're not busy and occupied with Pokemon Go. So we appreciate you Definitely. right now. And I'll be gonna get we're gonna get into that later, Pokemon Go, man. But um your girl Serena, man. Let's talk about that. Hold on. Man. We forgot one thing. You can also subscribe, rate, oh, comment. You should have said share. that for the jump. Hey man, I ain't wanna do it all at once. Subscribe, rate, comment, and share on iTunes. Search for two yeah, do tones, that, do that. all one word. You can also find us on SoundCloud the same way, two tones. Right, and also I want to give a shout out to the guy on Twitter. I told him I think it's a black owned. It's an app that uh, shouts out like all black owned businesses, mm-hmm. and it also have like black podcasts and stuff like that. The guy's name is uh, Bob Spotter. That's the the Bob Spotter app. If you go into App Store, B O B S P O T T E R, Bob Spotter app. Yep. You know, I told him I'll shout him out. He or she, and um, shout out to them, man. Um, and if you're listening, you'll hear hear this. And they add us to the app with the read and everybody else. So that's a good look. So one, yeah, go on iTunes, check us out. And that's neither here nor there. So, Serena, man. Um, Let's talk 20th, about Serena. 20th title. Yes. Um, Bar- she's tied, one of the greatest She's athletes. now tied with Steffi Graf for the most right. Grand Slam uh, major victories. Not Grand Slam. Most major uh, tournament right. victories. One of the great, most greatest like athletes, bar none. Not even just male or female. Yeah. Just period. She's up there like with a handful of the greats of all time. Yeah, man. Dominant. One of the, if not the most dominant, but you can make an argument, strong argument. Dude, Very dominant. I think, and I, you know what's crazy to me? Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying her dominance, I think her stretch of dominance is the longest stretch of dominance among great among the greatest athletes. Like, you have Michael Jordan. His run of dominance was the 90s, but he took some time off. So really, he had a six-year stretch of just straight-up dominance. And I mean, that's not to say he wasn't dominating before that. But dominance in terms right. of championships and bringing home the hardware. Um, he had a, sh- mm-hmm. a, a six-year run with a little two-year uh, recess in between. Um, if you look at Tiger Woods, his dominant run was like nine years. Kind of ended yeah. like right before he mm-hmm. hit 10 years. Uh, Muhammad Ali, his stretch of dominance was interrupted, obviously, by his time uh, fighting the U.S. legal system. Um, so his dominant streak was cut, was maybe five, six years of dominance when he could have had nine had they not interfered with his uh, his profession. Yeah, man. It's not only that. Her and Venus uh, set the record, I guess, for the doubles. Yeah, most wins, whatever, like undefeated, whatever. So they're just great as as a team. But Serena it's, uh, herself, um, Serena was like singles and doubles back to back. <laughs> Word, like. 
You know what baffled me, right? Like, I seen a tweet. Some white person, obviously. Because that white people hate when Serena wins. Oh Yo, they hate when she it's wins. A, they hate it. it. Yeah, not all of them. But we, when we say white people, black people, you don't, it's a generalization. I hate overgeneralization, <laughs> but it's just not like, it's not like literally everyone. However, but somebody said, without her athleticism, she'll be nothing. Right. <laughs> I'm like, um, that's without my of- heart. That's part of it. I wouldn't it. be human. That's like saying, like, what you, without your strength, Muhammad Ali, you wouldn't knock people out. Um, that kind of is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, without sugar, that. your your cake or pie wouldn't taste as sweet or as good. <laughs> or without without seasoning, your chicken wouldn't be as good. Without the special spices you put in, he that's wouldn't what know nothing about that. Touche, touche. <laughs> that was good. I'm gonna put the doots. That was good though. But I'm not. I deserved it. That's. Yeah, that, that was good. That that was a good one. But man, um, shout out to Serena again. Definitely, um, shout out to Serena, Queen Serena. Yeah, man. Yeah, Queen Serena, Queen, the bar, like possibly the greatest female athlete ever. No, she is the possibly. greatest female athlete ever, and possibly just the greatest athlete ever overall. Yeah, I'm thinking of Joiner. Um, I mean, yeah, but yeah, it, but yeah, it's different right, because with Olympics, it is. you you only compete really every four years. That's where. You get the attention. Right, right. Like, Serena, this is every freaking major we like, oh, she's about to win another one. Like, she just won yeah, we four know. out of the last five, right? Yeah, she's the GOAT. She's the GOAT. What about Holly Holmes? <laughs> <laughs> nah, next next segment. Next segment. <laughs> Moving on. Nah, but... Um, talking about greats. Tim Duncan. Yeah, man. The greatest PR. Quietly walking away from the NBA. Um, I don't blame you with Kevin Durant going to Golden State. You don't want them problems. He's like, yeah, he oh, that, I ain't, of that. he's like, wait, KD's in Golden State and Pokemon Go is out. I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm a I can spin. <laughs> he's definitely bouncing. Um, yeah, one of the greatest, not what well, the greatest power forward in my opinion. You know, I know that's a definitely the greatest power forward. Yeah, possibly um, the greatest franchise cornerstone ever. When and yeah. I, I say that in this regard, without Tim Duncan, the Spurs don't get any of these five championships. He's the no, backbone for no. all five of them. Right. He, and, um, he basically put the Spurs on the map. No offense to Kobe. Love Kobe. One of my favorite players of all time. But he also uh, had Shaq. Yeah. And then he had Powell. I mean, but, and that's not to say that Tim did not have help. Absolutely. I'm going to say did. Parker, Ginobili, David but, Robinson. But he's the backbone. Uh, Bowen. But he's the backbone. Right, right, With, right. Like the team I'm, is built around Tim. The team for the Lakers was built around Shaq. Then Kobe right, emerged right. and they built around Kobe. But Tim, like, if you take Kobe away from the Lakers, they still have a rich history. They still have Magic Johnson. You still have Jerry West. You still have Elgin Baylor. That mm-hmm. were lifetime Lakers. Right, right, right. You take away you Tim know, Duncan, um, there are no rings in San Antonio. None. True, man. Um, text, textbook player. Um, very simple, not flashy, and he left the same way. Yeah. Very great. Hella, hella records, titles, MVPs, championships, five. And uh, the rookie consistency of the year. was crazy. I remember yeah. I, I was watching his and hers on uh, Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it was that he retired. And Michael Smith pulled this stat that his PER, which is his player efficiency rating, in his rookie mm-hmm. year was 22.6. His player efficiency rating last year was 22.6 after 18 years in the league he was still giving you the same type of efficiency that's crazy yeah yeah duncan is one of the greats man like if 
I don't hear him a lot of people top fives, but I mean, I wouldn't be mad if you put him in there. You know, if some, some somebody called him the greatest, their favorite player ever, you can't even get mad at that. Like he's, uh, he's I don't know if anybody's telling the truth if they say Tim Duncan is their favorite player ever. He's not. Your I mean, favorite he's going to stats watch. and performance. Not no, of course not favorite to watch, but your favorite player. You don't got to be flashy, but what you do on the court, if you're efficient, you know, and it's productive, and you're winning, and you're great, and you have the stats and the championships to back it up. No matter how you do it, mm-hmm. you're great. You're amazing. So somebody says, "Yo, he's my favorite player." Listen, there's some rappers that's not you know flashy, don't got the best beats, ain't really you know with the timers, but they flow. They're so lyrical, but they backpack. But it's not. Listen, this nigga he the best. Okay, cool. You know, he don't got the flow patterns like a J or somebody would have an M, but they might say you know. So it goes that analogy. Um, I got you. This leads me to I one. Got you. This is, right. <laughs> and this is kind of because I've always. Talked. I hear you, nigga. No, I hear yeah. you. I ain't disagreeing with you. I, I get you. Um, but because Tim retired and Kobe retired, there's one more player that needs to go, like right now, and it's Kevin Garnett. Ooh, Garnett? Yes. Garnett, yeah. Another one of the top five power And you can say time. Paul Pierce, too, but to a lesser degree. Pierce. Just, I would love to see a Hall of Fame class with Kobe, KG, and Tim Duncan. So, KG, you got to go, like, right now. So, that can happen. Yeah, cause you no, know, he retired. He gonna sit in um audience and yell at young dudes getting their stuff blocked. <laughs> Yo, Trash. nah, Trash. you know he about to be on that coaching staff, right? Trash. But nah, man. Um, Kevin Garnett. I would, man, the NBA is not gonna be the same, man. Why? It's not, but it's that's not gonna make that doesn't mean it's not gonna be worse or not still gonna be as great. No, no, no. I ain't saying that. It's just like. You know, these are the players we grew up with. Like, right, right. It's just crazy uh, that, yes, like, yes. to realize, like, they're going to be gone. The nostalgia, like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, New generation, I, like man. if I go to a Laker game, I'm not going to see Kobe. I've never known an NBA like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Did Joey Crawford retire already? Who? Joey Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he did. Because I see, you seen the clip with Duncan. Well, it's old, but when Duncan was laughing, whatever. <laughs> He got ejected from the game. Yeah, Crawford that ejected. was hilarious. <laughs> Crawford was always reaching, though. He always reached. I'm like, dude, he hated this you want, he used to fall. And I'm like, you want <laughs> you want TV time. You're like that person on live recording, gospel live recordings that shout a lot so oh. they can get seen on a DVD. Like, they'll speak in tongues, they'll speak loud so they can be heard on a DVD or live recording. Oh, Craw- Crawford is like one of those people. Like, he wants the showtime. He's a referee. Like, But, um... Uh, speaking of live recordings... Ty Tribbett is doing a live recording this weekend. Yes. And I'm I'm yes. ready. Sound check bike. Yes. Shout shout. Sound check bike. Nah, but sound check is GA definitely bike. Back. Um the greatest gospel band. Don't debate me. I mean, you can probably GA nah. bike too. Yeah, oh G that's what I'm saying. Like, and go with me, Kirk is arguably like the greatest of all time. I get it. But Ty's my personal favorite, and to me, yeah. he's the best. Um, so and when the GA and Ty get together, the Life album, Victory album, stand out. Classic albums, people. Yeah. Like, I ain't just saying it for the sake. Musicality, content, expression, like, uh, yeah. songwriting, everything. So, Kirk yeah, got to get the family bike. He got to, because that last album, she... Oh. Um, <laughs> let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. Over and one, two, three... Well, Over was cool. Yeah, Over was cool. But the rest of them joints, I'm like, what? Yo, what? So... I'm sad to Kurt cursing on Twitter. I'm tired of damn emails. I said, oh, look. 
Kirk was on Twitter. Yo, Kirk, Kirk was, I'm was like, fed it's up, Kirk was fed yeah, up. Kirk was definitely cursed. I don't yo, give a damn. I'm like, Kirk, yo. Kirk wanted to be like, so what about my pants? I don't give a damn about my pants. Yeah. Basically. That's really like, what he wanted to talk about, but, you know. Yeah, his pants. Nah. Um, having Ryan Seacrest, top two tightest fans in the industry. But, um, nah, seriously, though. Um, yeah, Ty is definitely recording. I, I'm anticipated for that. Like, he's like the only gospel artist I still listen to. So, Word, man. Yeah, him and Kirk. Him and Kirk. And Molly doesn't count no more. He's not gospel. He's like, <laughs> So he's not. I mean, I don't consider. I consider Marley, Marley, Molly. You know. So yeah. Um. Shout out to uh, Ty. Can't wait for this, man. Definitely going to cop it and be interested in what they got to say, especially in these trying times. Um. You play Pokemon Go, man? I don't. I don't. You don't. That that's the thing now, man. That's the craze. I, um, I heard. And how many you catch? I I know you caught some at the altar this Sunday, right? <laughs> no. You get the courtesy fall so you can catch some Pokemon. Courtesy fall to catch <laughs> Tony on the, Tony shooting ten for ten today, but nah, but um, nah, I didn't catch <laughs> catch a courtesy fall and catch a <laughs> you stupid. Um, no, so I didn't. I don't play it. I I played the original Pokemon games, the red version, blue version, yellow version, gold, silver. Word. My cousin had the ruby, red, black, and white. You know. I played the actual Pokemon games. I had the Game Boy Advance, the Link Cables. Shout out to my cousin Charles. You know, we all that's all so- we played heavy. Yeah, and Charles still plays to this day. And a lot of people might still play. Um, but Pokemon Go, I haven't done it yet because I'm just not that interested. And because I played the original, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is cool. This is a little live interaction through your camera phone, but I'm good. I'm not against those who are playing. You know, people on Twitter saying, oh, the revolution going on. You're playing Pokemon Go. Like, and I shout out to Reed. She was like, like, there aren't they aren't mutually exclusive, right? We know that. You can enjoy both. I can enjoy you can what's protest going on and, and fight. catch a polyworld. Yeah, I can pro I can fight oppression. You know, and catch a rapidash. You know what I mean? You'll catch, <laughs> you know what I mean? Catch a catch hole. Pikachu. Exactly. The so, revolution. Like you, can not get, need... you can be. Re- you can revolt and catch Raichu. Stop playing. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> that, that's my thing. People act like things are mutually exclu- exclusive. Some are right, but like I can like trap music and love conscious speeches. Right. I can like Lil John but love Malcolm X. Like. No, really. Like people act like you can't do both, yeah. and that baffles me. I see it on Twitter. Y'all love all this. They ain't saying nothing. Yeah, they're not saying nothing. I don't look to them for lyrical expression. Though. I look to them for like fun, dope, fun lyrics and dope beats. And I'm not looking to them for lyrics. I'll go to lyrics. Mm. I want lyrics. I go to lyrics. So I want to play Pokemon. I play Pokemon. If I want to watch reality shows, I don't watch it personally. I don't do that. But I'm. You would never see me. You probably would. So you know, we eat up, <laughs> eat up words all the time as humans. But you wouldn't see me like bashing. Why y'all playing Pokemon Go? Because they want to play. Like I don't. That's why people watch wrestling. Yeah, people watch anime. To do so. Yeah, people who who are all you know um, caught up in these celebrity lives and Ciara and Russell. Listen, I don't care. I really don't. But you want to be invested in those celebrities' lives? That's you. But I'm not. Y'all worry about these celebrities. I might say that because that's a kind of different scale. But even then, like, I don't care. That's what they want to do. Watch wrestling. Listen to draw color books. Uh, watch comics. You know, watch cooking shows. I don't. Do what you want to do. That's that person. Why are we mad at someone else's expression or their quiet time? You know, their pastimes. Why? why, why? Um, so, no, I don't play Pokemon Go, but I have a funny story. I got out my car the other day and um, just got out and started walking. I seen a girl walking a dog. She was on the phone. Could have been doing anything. Could have been doing anything on her phone. But I just yelled out across the street, Pokemon Go? She was like, yeah. She was mad. She was pretty, too. And we started laughing. I, I couldn't talk to her. Was it sundress season? Nah, she had a capris on. <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, um, definitely. It's that season, but she wasn't in that season. Um, 
But nah, it happened, and I was just like full of laughter. Like I couldn't even like ask for a number nothing. I was just crying. I literally was crying. She just kept laughing and walking the dog. Her dog probably was running to you know a car or something, but she didn't care. She was her head was down. <laughs> but at Pokemon Go, all the data they they steal the data from your phone. Every app does that. This come on, like, wait, like, stop it. So Apple got Apple and uh, Samsung got all y'all stuff. Stop playing. Yeah, Pokemon Go players, God bless you. Y'all be safe out there. Do it how you gonna do it. Um, and if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. I just don't have games on my phone like that. I don't. I really don't. Word. You know. So um. So yeah, man. Um, speaking of the protests and the revolution and all that, you know, obviously these matters this past weekend. I'm sorry, this, this past week. Yeah. A lot of things, you know, we faced. You know, the killing of uh, black people, Philando and Alton, Alton Sterling. Then you have the officers who died and everything. And you know, everybody's responded to it differently, different races, different religions. Mm-hmm. But we want to touch on um, the church's response to this for the most part. Everybody has a different response and perspective. Some are ignorant, some aren't. And yeah. um, and this is not... Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just listening. And, listen, and this isn't like our view of how everyone from the church is addressing it, right? Mm-hmm. But this is just how what we've seen. And, and not just in this incident, but when it comes to other practical things in life, the response is basically, oh, pray. You know, like I tweeted about this. Shout out to Tia. If you go to the timeline, she has something dope about this. Um, Tia Davis. That's my homie, man. How about your grill? Uh, inside a joke. But, um, <laughs> nah. Uh, <laughs> like, when it comes to this, I've seen so many churches and pastors and people, Christians, well, pray about it. The real, the real issue is sin here. You know, pray in Christ. I'm like, I, I get that, sis, bro. Even I don't say that. I'm like, brother, sister, like, chill. I, I get that. That's part of it. But that's not everything. You're not being practical. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, black and white, it's not a race, it's a sin issue. And you really see, for the most part, coming from white evangelicals, right? You honestly, but then you got some of us who think the same way. And you become like in a box with your thoughts and you start to live with your head in the clouds. Mm-hmm. You're living vertically rather than horizontally, right? And yeah. that's my issue when it comes to the church. A lot of people, oh, just pray about it. And I used to be one of those Christians. Like, I, you, you know, we all first, quote unquote, on fire, we say, our head is in the clouds. <laughs> You know, like, oh, man, this is this. I'm going to just pray about it. Hey, y'all, I broke my leg. You know, I'm going to pray about it. I got cancer. Just pray. Not giving me not giving me practical wisdom or application outside of that to deal with real life. And prayer is real life. But you're just giving me the spiritual context and the biblical context, even though the biblical context tells you to go deep in and just pray. But we're going to get into that later. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, like that baffles me. And I've seen a response to all of this, you know. And obviously there's the black on black crime people. But that, I'm not about to. Yeah, I'm not about to get into yeah. that. But. My response, I want your thoughts on that, right? Because I've seen a lot of pastors and, and Christians, mm-hmm. oh, and we're choosing Christianity to choose. Because, I mean, I was, honestly, my head isn't peered in, or my air isn't keen to, like, other religious perspectives on this. Because I'm not in their circles as much. And, obviously, that's what we are. So, I'm a part-time Christian. No, but that's what we are. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> we both part-time. It's real out here. Hey, God, hey, we, hey. we love you, God. No, 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 no. I'm playing. But um, that's what we are. We have that circle. So, yeah. we see it from within our circle. So, it's like... Wow, your application of this or your response to this mm-hmm. isn't really is very ignorant. So, what's your uh, opinion on that, man? Your take on that, and we'll just get into it from there. Okay, so um, most most Christians are, if you have any interaction with the church, you probably heard the term um, like somebody's too uh, heavenly minded for earthly good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But I remember, um, and shout out to the cross movement, I remember fanatics saying, you know, Jesus is the ultimate example of being heavenly minded and of earthly good. 
Um, so if we you look, all the way back. Uh huh. You took it all the way back. Absolutely. Probably, but go ahead. But you know, if we're looking at Jesus as our um, our example, then this is the person who we are to emulate, to be like, to model, to serve. Um, if he saw himself as a servant, and the servants aren't greater than the master, then there's a servanthood that needs to be taking place inside the church. Um, So that's the first thing. Um, Secondly, if we, if we do subscribe and I'm not, I'm definitely 100% for prayer. Um, But if we enter in the prayer, there should be some response coming out of prayer. It shouldn't just be, Oh, I'm going to pray. And then, you know, I'm going to move on. Not, or I won't even say that I'm going to move on because, you know, you you may not get an answer right away. So I'm not even going to say, mm-hmm. you know, that you should pray one time and you you should come up with an answer. But if you really are going to commit an issue to prayer, and this is for any issue. We're talking about racism because obviously the climate calls for The climate is screaming that something needs to happen. Um, yeah. And so... When you enter into prayer or you commit something to prayer consistently, if your heart is really to fix an issue, then we should see some solutions coming from you. Right. Um, and to just see, you know, oh, all we have to do is pray. We do need to pray, but I would not say that that's all we need to do because there needs to be something physically Something in reality needs to happen. Somebody needs. Right. Some people need to be mentored. Some people need to be educated. Some people need to be um, have their fears quelled. There's a lot of things. Like, and shout out to Officer Norman, who's been yeah, kind of yeah. trending on social media. Um, mm-hmm. I just love what I've seen from him um, in terms of his interaction with his community that with the community that he serves. Um, you know, just grown black men that are want have a good relationship with him kids that are seeing a positive uh policing experience um they're getting to know this man beyond his badge he's not just this fear this fear inducing person because he has a badge and a uniform on it's officer norman that comes to see me and check up on me and make sure i'm doing my homework you know what i mean right right um, right 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 so you know as the church, we need to be mentoring young men and young women on ways to de-escalate situations. And I'm not saying that, obviously, there was no de-escalation that could have been possible from what mm-hmm. we've seen in the mm-hmm. past couple in the past week. From those cases, I'm not, I'm not talking about those cases, but. We do know that there are cases where things get escalated based on words, demeanors, attitudes that don't have to happen. Um, yeah. Have, so, have a class with that. Yeah. So church. there needs like, to be an interaction where we're bringing in, you know, wh- whether it's a church bringing in officers to come and speak or, um, or taking their constituents to go see the officers and learn about the process, the legal processes that go on with an arrest or paperwork mm-hmm. or whatever, just to have an understanding of what's going on. Um, I think it would be very helpful if 
uh, police departments had seminars on how to deal with a traffic stop, how to properly do this to quell any of these fears. You get what I mean? Right, because, yeah, to kind of uh, butt in real quick about the traffic stop thing. I remember years ago, I was never stopped by the cops a couple of years ago. It was my first time, right? Mm -hmm. And I was in the car with my father or whatever. And the cops came, but I got out the car. I was in the passenger seat. I was about to get out the car. I didn't know because I, I was like, what, 18, 19 at the time. But I, I was never stopped. So I'm like, do we get out? I didn't know. I, I really didn't know. Like, so then as soon as I was getting out, um, he reached for his gun and about to pull his gun out. I was like, oh, then I, let, I let the handle go, the car door handle because I was about to get out. But I, I guess in his eyes, it was like, oh, he's trying to leave. He's trying to, you know. And my father got enraged, like, dude, why are you reaching for your gun? I didn't know. Because I, I was like, did we get out the car? I don't know. So mm -hmm. that was a mistake I made and not knowing. I wasn't educated on that. Yeah. So but a seminar would have, would have been dope. Not me, even just in a church. Let ahead, me jump in there. Because when I had driver's ed, when you had driver's ed, did they teach you anything about dealing with police when pulled over? No, exactly. Because I didn't need exactly. that. So at 16, that's what, you go through driver's mm -hmm. ed and get your, your permit. And most of the time with your permit, you probably ain't going to get pulled over. Because y'all probably practicing mm -hmm. in a parking lot anyway. You're probably not really yeah. out there driving too much. Right. You could be, but most likely you're not. And I'm talking about Jersey. I don't know about other states. But mm -hmm. getting your permit, you're probably in some parking lot somewhere or some open space practicing your driving. Getting to learn the car. Learning how to orient yourself in a car. Um, but there's no training for if you're pulled over. This is the proper way to have your documentation ready for an officer um or anything of the we sort have that and it should yeah, be like because you will get pulled over especially yeah. especially with the business of policing where quotas need mm. to be met there's a especially high possibility you'll get pulled over especially if you're dwb absolutely yeah. but i mean so. just even off the rip of quotas dealing with quotas they don't even have to go that right, right. but just and that's another quotas, discussion you're going to get pulled over and that's another like discussion like a systematic approach to it like wow mm -hmm. like this is like planned right but um to go back on your point with the church and i'm gonna ask your opinion on it like and i wholeheartedly agree with everything you said because it's like you know to me it's like the pray the gate away the pray it gate <laughs> pray the gay away how they do with that you know that whole method mm -hmm. we're gonna pray pray get on the altar pastor it's not that simple for some people you understand what i'm saying so and it's like me telling you i have cancer right yeah and you pray for me Okay, praying is good. Now let's talk about the medicine. Let's talk about dieting. Let's yep. talk about changing my habits. Like we just can't stop that praying. So when it comes to the situation right here, the real issue with sin, this black and white stuff, don't let the news, and the news definitely steers you the wrong way. The propaganda is definitely, it's not a conspiracy. It's a, conspira a conspiracy is backed by conspiracies. Like this is facts when I speak, right? So mm -hmm. conspiracy and facts don't mix, right? Reality, one is reality, one is assumption. But when it comes to the news, they definitely stir different things and raise up different narratives to raise certain racial wars and things of the sort. They do this. This is the media we're talking about. However, like, I get the, what pastors are saying, but it's deep in the past and it's just praying and just leaving it alone. Or Christ the issue. It's a sin issue. Okay, but still teach me as a black man in this situation how to handle myself. Now, I ain't saying it's got to be every Sunday morning. I'm not saying it's got to be a sermon. Have classes in your church. And that, I'm mm -hmm. talking about everything the church is taboo and shies away from. Class is about sex. Class is about financial right. management. Exactly. That I was going in next. Financial management. Uh stop a lot of necessities to everyday life. <laughs> exactly. So as if a church, it's, if it's not overly spiritual, a lot of times it's not dealt with in the church. And that's right. Sad. Classes on because psychology. 
if, if like, we're claiming so, that the church has answers to life, then we should really have answers to all of life, not just the spiritual side of life. Though that that's a, though that's awesome, though we need it, though it's definitely needed. That's not all of it. It's like yin and yang. That's half of it. But let them tell. We're spiritual beings. Yeah, but we trapped in this physical world, right? <laughs> so so <laughs> we got to deal with a lot of physical things. Yeah, and the man. spiritual is much more real than uh, realer than the. Uh, Natural. I definitely hardly agree with that, but like it's we, like we got to be practical. So we, we should get up be there in and debt. Say, <laughs> we should we exactly. Should. And, and I'm speaking as someone who is in debt, college loans. Speak for yourself. Shout out nah, to Salome. But, but I mean, but we shouldn't but be in debt. Like, think about it. Seriously, when Where's you're in classes? debt, you're you are bound. And if you're supposed to be freed in Jesus Christ, then let's get free everywhere, not just spiritually. Um, that's a good segue to this prosperity gospel. No, I'm joking. But seriously, though, All seriously. Right, fam. Um, All nah, right, nah. That's my time. <laughs> he came to give you like more abundance. I'm like, yeah, but they try to turn it to, <laughs> they try to turn it to a financial thing, and I'm like, eh. Um, if it was financial, we all be. I don't. Know. I'm, I ain't about to get into that. But seriously, man. Um, I think the church definitely did, needs to uh, delve deeper than like the surface. Yes, praying is awesome, and amazing. I still do it. And now, uh, listeners, I hope you all pray. Um, and, that's a great thing to do. But it doesn't stop there. Praise where we start, not where we stop. Definitely. And, and here's another aspect. There needs to be more intentionality between churches. We yes, need to yes, be yes. partnering with each other. And I'm not just saying, I'm going to just say it straight up. Black churches, white churches, whatever church, whatever way your churches are divided racially, we need to stop that. We as the church yeah, need to come together. We need to get to know each other's differences and appreciate one another's differences. Or yeah. there will um, be no answer from the church on racial racial reconciliation because you haven't reconciled. How you can give an answer for something you can't do? Yeah, and, and that's like a drug this, addict telling you how to get free, how to get off drugs. He can't. Yeah, and this is the church we're talking about. This is supposed to mirror the kingdom in Christ. We're so segregated still. On Earth, not every church. Again, this is not. Don't write us on Twitter. Well, my church got black and white people and some Indians. We're not talking about you. We're talking about the general the perspective. Overall body, statistically, statistically. Yes, like there the are some like, churches that have mixtures of people, and that's great. That's awesome. And but there needs shout to out be to more L- of it. Shout out to Liturgis Podcast with Propaganda yeah, Gunger. Shout and, um, out to them. I don't know who else is up there, but they was talking about that, and a dude was like. His church is a white church, obviously, but they put black people in leadership, not just try to make them a member of the church. Yeah. Um, they try to get radical with their message when it's a racial thing and try to be inclusive. So they actually put black people in leadership and made them elders. You know, and that makes a, a huge statement um, to me, putting them in leadership, not just people of different multicultural churches, not just having, you know, white staff. And let me and say this. Churches. Let me say this. It's not just putting people in leadership for the sake of doing it. These are people qualified to be in leadership. Right, right. Like, because, you know, and I'm I'm only saying that because, you know, some people will be like, oh, you're only doing it because they're black? Oh, okay. Uh, like, affirmative action kind of thing. Yeah, like, the people, like, people aren't uh, worthy of going to the schools that they got into or right, whatever right, right, the case right. may be because of their skin color. No, they were worthy and they were being excluded. So, somebody had to make a rule. To get people who were worthy in the door. Yeah, I agree, man. So ultimately, like I said, um, I think the church needs to, like you said, they need to be more practical. Like being spiritual is amazing. You know, praying is amazing, but they need to be more practical and use wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm sick mentally, if I'm sick physically, 
you got to tell me. Faith that works is dead. That alone should tell you. We have faith and pray about this thing. But teach me how to go out there and fight race, racial tension. Because, mm -hmm. Pastor, it's deeper than black and white. It's a sin issue. Okay, but what do, I, what do I say to this cop that's constantly following me every day? Or this person following me around the store? Or the people calling me a nigger? Like, what the, I'll say, what I'm going to say? Quote scripture to them? Or are you going to tell me how to de-escalate the situation and carry myself in that? It's deeper than that. You can address sin, sin then you're going to address race. You're going to address food. You can address uh, sickness. You can address pain. You can address depression. You know, like that. Pray away. Pray. It's not that simple. You know, so we have to let go in layers and break this thing down. It's just not a black and white issue. Nothing really is, honestly. Um, so, so yeah, man. Um, while we're staying on this topic about the um, recent matters in the news, um, Jane Elliott, man. Shout out to the, old, the triple, triple. Triple OG. OG. <laughs> Jane Elliott, man. Tell us a little about Well, about Shout her. out to Who Jane Elliott. And if you happen to hear this, we'd love to have you on the show. Man, listen. Um, so, how were you interested? How how were you introduced to Jane Elliott? I seen a video like last year, maybe a couple of years ago, about mm -hmm. the blue eyed uh, brown eyed experiment. You know, white people stand up if you would like to trade your life with a black person. Mm -hmm. You know, and she did, said, "Stand up." No one stood up, and she did, was like, "Well, that shows me that you knows there is an inequality in this country, and you're not doing nothing about it." Mm -hmm. So basically, that was just a video, and I was introduced to her through that video a minute ago, and it's just yeah. not becoming. Um, Popular. popular again you know with yeah the recent so what about you yeah definitely i um i think i'm pretty sure my first experience i saw her on uh oprah's where are they now because she was a guest on oprah mm. back in the early 90s where she did the experiment mm -hmm. and talked about how even in the educational system racism is taught through a european like because history is taught right. through a european lens um she even broke down how on the map africa is made to be the same size as South America when it's in fact much bigger. Your Africa is so huge as a continent. You could fit like two Americas in Africa. Yeah. Three probably. But like she, I didn't know that. Neither like, did I because no. we're used to the maps that we grew up with. And it's yeah, yeah. Our perception of Africa was so horrible growing up. So it's poor people there. It's AIDS, it's sickness. It's not even nothing. No, that's not Shaka Zoo. Like people just running around. It's not like that at all. Like wow, mm -hmm. it's we've been but go ahead. So I just implore anybody listening, if you have never seen or heard of Jane Elliott, search for Jane Elliott, the um, blue-eyed, brown-eyed experiment, and just watch the reaction of the blue-eyed people as they're treated as black people are normally treated in the United States. Yeah, man. How their, how their inequalities are dismissed, how their complaints are ignored. And it's just crazy how quickly they respond. And this is like 15 minutes of this. Not every yeah, day of your life. Minutes. Just within 15 minutes, these people are like, I'm just fed up with how you treated me. It's not right. And it's like, okay, so how do you think somebody whose whole life is that? <laughs> what do you do to exactly, fix it? Exactly, man. She's been doing this for 48 years. You know, after Martin Luther King got assassinated, that prompted her to start this. Not that is uh, initially, but she, you know... it. She's always against racism and inequalities, you know, of different people. But that, like, set it off, you know. Mm -hmm. um, she said she was on Hot 97, Ebro in the morning. So she's definitely worth the uh, research. Check her out, man. Give her a listen. And just examine yourselves, man. She's definitely dope. Definitely. Um, and then this time, I'm glad that video was circulating again. And people were Absolutely. gaining from it. So, yeah, man. Um, widening her perspective. Widen her. Widen your perspective. Definitely look that up. Um... 
Yeah, it is funny. I want to add to that also in a, in a recent things going on. I don't want to get too deep in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, rehash everything. But like how ignorant, well, we know how ignorant the media is, but how dumb do they think we are? It's like, that's the whole Micah X Johnson thing. Like, <laughs> this is becoming a soap opera to me. Um, like they saying, dude, <laughs> not even funny. Like he he wrote a message of blood. <laughs> he wrote a message of blood on a wall. I don't know. This is like before he got blown up. After he got blown up, maybe he had a hand left that was still working. I don't know. He wrote a message in blood. I'm still stuck on a part where he had a full blown conversation with you all about hating white people, white officers, and Black Lives Matter, then you blew them up. Like, I, I don't get it. And I know, it's just, all of this has become very erroneous to me and very obvious that, yo, they're playing with us. And if you can't see what's going on, this is not no conspiracy. Bro. This is, right. Like, this is common sense. Like, they're making us out to be really stupid, which the media thinks a lot of us are. I'm not going to, I'm going to give us the benefit of the doubt. A lot of us aren't. Well, I'm going to just say I that mean, nicely. when you think about it, after... Years of being conditioned to accept traditional news media. Yeah, it's yeah, we, easy to play you now. They just, <laughs> they just throw it in there. Oh, we blow them up. Every black person that gets caught doing something, quote unquote, it's blown up. You can't get their side of the story. <laughs> so you begin to paint your picture. Like, think about it. Every uh, major, they're blown up. So you don't get their side of the story. So you get what we depict of you. Oh, they did this. We found other bombs that was lead, leading to other killings. Oh, you know what? Um... Uh, where's the cousins? You know, where's the, where's the family? I don't. This man could have died five years ago, for all I know. But y'all just pulled this picture. <laughs> man, listen, it's funny. It's not funny, but it's funny because they really people really fall for this stuff. You know, it's and and that and that brings me to this point. Um, I don't know if they're really um, similar, but I was uh listening to Malcolm X, uh, the ballad or the bullet mm-hmm. his speech. On Spotify. Shout out to Spotify. They have a lot of speeches Word. up there from Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, Marcus Garvey, Nina Simone, even iTunes. Like, you go up there, you can actually look at hear speeches from back then. Very insightful, very inspiring. Um, but I've listened to his speeches on uh, The Ballot and the Bullet, and you've heard it before, right? Yes. I actually wrote a paper on it in college. I need to look for it and see if I still have it. Nice. Yeah, man. And tell us the gist of it, basically, okay. his message so, behind it. Um, it's titled The Ballot or the Bullet. Um, and it's basically it was election. It was about to be election season, nineteen sixty four, and Malcolm was appealing to the black constituency to um, either use your ballot or use your bullet, but let your voice be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, right. He talked about how the Democrats and the Dixiecrats, as he also delineated between the two, um, which were subdivisions mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party. Um, were basically playing black people um, for the votes. Sounds familiar, right? Um, and not mm-hmm. this is any politician. And if you, I don't know if you go to church. If you go to church, I'm sure you've seen politicians pop up in like August of election year, talking about how great your church is and how big of a pillar to the community it is. And I'm working hard to make sure that people like you can always worship. They always come in with the same speech every. Two, the every same two time. years, every four years, however long their election cycle is. Um, and we fall for that BS. <laughs> but yeah, we do. We just. Yeah. Um, hey. And so in this speech, um, he talked about how, you know, now that is, um, it's a political year, they have your interests. Uh, they're, they're talking about your interests again. He's like, but last time we did this election, they were in, they were talking about your interests and how 
they were going to help you out and how they were going to get oppression off of you. He said, and then when they got in office, they handled everything else but your problems. And now they're going to talk about how they're going to handle your problems again this time. Um, it's the, yeah, it's a constant pattern. Like, it's a constant cycle. Mm-hmm. Especially he was saying, implementing like a gist, like the black man, either we vote, but if we do vote, like we damned if we do, we damned, damned if we don't, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, if we do, they're helping, promise to help us, but then they spend it around when they get in office. Oh, we're going to help you after you finish this. Oh, there's always an excuse being thrown at, basically. And he's telling the people, listen, you know, um, work within our community, build our own finances, our own communities, our own voices to be heard, right? It's like the bullet of the ballot, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, it's basically what he's saying. And it's like, yo, like, and, and it falls to me it very aligned. It resonates with today very much so as it did let, back then. Let me read this quote real quick. So, obviously, I, said, I gave you the time. This is 1964. And here's a quote from Malcolm X. In this present administration, they have the House of Representatives, 257 Democrats to only 177 Republicans. They control two thirds of the House vote. Why can't they pass something that will help you and me? In the Senate, there are 67 senators who are of the Democratic Party. Only 33 of them are Republicans. Why the Democrats have got why the Democrats have got the government sold up and you're the one who sold it up for them. And what have they given you for it? Four years in office and just now getting around to some civil rights legislation. Just now, after everything else is gone out of the way, they're going to sit down now and play with you all summer long. The same old giant con game they all that they call filibuster. All those are in cahoots together. Don't you ever think they're not in cahoots together? For the man that is heading the civil rights filibuster is a man from Georgia named Richard Russell. Ooh, sorry. Um, When Johnson became president, the first man he asked for when he got back to D.C. was Dickey. And that's how tight they are. That's his boy. That's his pal. That's his buddy. But they're playing that old con game. One of them makes makes believe he's for you. And he's got it fixed where the other one is so tight against you, he never has to keep his promise. And look at today. Look at Bernie and Hillary now. Well, I'm endorsing Hillary, which I get it. But now it's like, oh. Like, all of this, and people think you're crazy for talking like this. We're, like, it's a difference, like I said. Conspiracy theories are backed by conspiracies and assumption. Mm-hmm. Facts are facts. And it's reality. The reality we've been living in since hell. We've been here. So when you bring things up like this, and he, this is words, what, the 1960s? Like, these are his words from back then that still resonate as great of a time. As great of a chance as they do now. So it's like, mm-hmm. when I tell people the voting thing, I, I'm not voting. I, I, just, I said that before. I'm not. You know, because I just don't believe, you know, and when it goes into voting, I'm not against those who do vote, though. However, do you. I'm just not going to do it, personally, for personal reasons, and seeing it as a black person, how it affects me, ultimately, which it, for the most part, doesn't. And it's the same story, the same song being sang, and it's like the same thing. And the same, do what you do what you want, you know? But, and it's also a different process that go in voting. We don't realize, like, one of our votes are worth like what five delegates. Where like in the white community, it's like 15, 20 delegates. It's called zoning or districting. It's something like that. Zoning, something like that. So our vote and our delegate as a community, and they can also choose to uh, ignore the vote of this community because of where you live, right? And the zoning, districting, all of that plays a part. Mm-hmm. And in a different su- in the suburbs, their votes are worth like double delegate wise. So it's fair, but it's not if you're doing a math with me. You get what I'm saying? So. Everybody gets those who voted. I'm not going to say, oh, it's all. But, I mean, the systemic 
racism and institutionalized oppression, economical distress we've been in for like hella long. Yo, and it, I, the ballot or the bullet, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm with the gunshots in right there. Pop, pop, pop. No, but seriously, man. The ballot or the bullet, and it's like I'm not before anymore. I'm really not to sit back and watch this country do this to me as a black person and get up there and put my head out and try to vote and be all proud for one of these candidates where I know, when I know, it's just ultimately not going to be for my better good. Like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Well, if you not vote, you have nothing to say. You're not. You, yes, I do have something to say. My my opinion is still valid. I just choose to hold it. Mm-hmm. How about fighting them financially? Yeah. So they gonna listen up when you hurt their money, you hurt their pockets, and, and stop spending money in these places. That's when they start listening up. Yeah, man. So like, you know, it's a financial battle ultimately because like the Indians and dudes and that community. But I'll say that, a lot of them. I'll say this: when we, if, if and when we decide to financially um, impact these companies, the ones they're gonna fire are the ones that look like us. <laughs> Sad yeah. to say, yo. It'll you be, got your text message? Huh? <laughs> you got the text message? No. <laughs> oh, all right. I, you know but I'm, I'm saying think about, about it. Target job. No, think about it. If black people decide, hmm, we're not going to buy Nikes no more, who's going to lose their job first? First, they're going to look at the athletes whose shoes don't sell the most first and get rid of them. Let's shoot. Somebody got to lose the win, man. It's like war. Yeah. Somebody got to die ultimately. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, we just got to build it up. Because like I said, the Indian and Jewish communities, and the Asian communities, they really is a financial leverage they have. Like, they vote at times, but they get more leverage from the president and politicians because of the financial backing they have in the community. Mm-hmm. They fight with their money, with the dollar. So sometimes they don't even vote. They're like, whoever in office doesn't matter because financially, we secure. And that's what moves the world, right? And that's what we need to focus on. Because we can't fight physically and, and try to make a war. We just outnumbered. And we just... I don't think we all want to court mentally to do such a thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, financial. We got to, and that's a bigger issue and how we're going to plan and what we're going to do and boycotting this and you want to do this. And so, to what degree? We're going to stop watching certain shows. We're going to stop supporting certain artists. We're going to stop, you know, so to what degree? So, I mean, yeah, man. So, um, shout out to Malcolm X. Like, go on, like I said, Spotify, iTunes, check them out. Dope speeches from and him. And I'll definitely, I'll Nina tweet Simone, out a link of the trans. I'll tweet out a link of the transcript. From ballot or the bullet. Are you really gonna do it? Because you know you say you tweet stuff out and you don't do it. So the <laughs> listeners want to know. <laughs> My nigga, the listeners want to know. Are you I really gonna do this, Tony? That I didn't tweet out. Well, I, it's it's on a timeline. Just like, y'all, y'all talk to talk to yeah, us. Let, let, let him know. If what I forgot to send something out. Let me know. Nigga, you're Sanat. Like, yeah. So um, yeah, man. Um, so Tony, I'm gonna let you get back to your Pokemon Go. This is another episode of Two Times, Bruh, man. Please. Um. Oh, you, nah, I ain't about to say that. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> catch it. Um, another episode of Two Tones. We signing out. Peace. Peace.